Hello, y'all, and welcome back to Chiquita Nicole Speaks, where I empower women all over the world through health, fitness, and overall wellness. Today, I'm going to talk about my new book that I just published called Restoring Her Temple, Reclaiming Her Name, How Brokenness Turned to Glory. And I am joined today by a special guest. Her name is Jasmine McCartney, and she is going to assist me in this podcast today. So buckle up your seatbelts and let's get going. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Shakia, for me to have this awesome opportunity to explore your book with you. So I welcome each and every one of you guys to this this awesome exploration of Shakina Nicole's book, Restoring Her Temple, Reclaiming Her Name, How Brokenness Turned to Glory by the wonderful, ever so talented Shakina Nicole Edwards. She's quite a, she's had quite a life's journey from childhood and beyond that that has shaped her into the woman she is today. With everything she's experienced is now her desire to give back to her beautiful queens and pour into them the wealth of knowledge she's gained in her experience with life's challenges and working to overcome them with health and fitness in the forefront. She prides herself on self-love and giving back by the way of empowerment and motivation. In doing so, Shakina Nicole birthed her memoir entitled Restoring Her Temple, Reclaiming Her Name, How Brokenness Turned to Glory. Writing this book was her way of freeing herself from years of hurt and silence, and also as a means of freeing anyone who else who else has experienced something similar to what she's experienced. Throughout restoring her temple and reclaiming her name, Shakita discusses her personal battles with colorism, abuse, and self-love. So Shakita, if you could give us some some of the, the examples or some of the things that you went through that you were battling in regards to colorism, abuse, and self-love. Well, I will start with colorism. Um, a lot of people don't realize that light-skinned women go through the colorism issue as well there are times that um and at least in my experience and just talking with different people where a darker complected person may feel intimidated by one who has lighter skin because they may not feel as pretty or whatever and that is not the case at all um all colors are beautiful and that's what makes the african-american race amazing because we do have that diversity when it comes to our looks and unfortunately for me I never felt black enough because I was light I'm still light-skinned I have green eyes I have light colored hair and the way I speak I was told that I talk like a white girl and it was just a plethora of things that I experienced I went from being called white girl to being told that my brothers and I could not have possibly had the same parents because they were so much darker than me that my mom must have been with a white man and just didn't tell my dad like I heard it all and um, it was a hard thing for me to deal with I mean it started all the way from when I was in kindergarten and my kindergarten teacher mistreated me and I always wondered what did I do so wrong to be treated the way that I was and back when I was in school spanking was a thing that was allowed in school and I used to get spankings almost every day and I never knew why and then my teacher and the next door teacher would keep me back from recess and they would sit there and laugh while I got spanked and I never understood why but as I got older I understood that I didn't look like the rest of the black kids 
in in my school I looked like the mixed girl and although both of my parents are black because of my hair texture my skin color my hair color and the way I spoke there's no way I could have been black I had to be something other than that so I mean it's just a tough thing and over the years I've gotten a lot tougher my skin is a lot thicker so it doesn't bother me as much but I still hear things like what do you mix with um are you Dominican no you you say you black but you got to be something else there's something else in there there's no way you have that much blonde hair and you're black like there's no way so it's just one of those things that um you know it's just I think it's just an education thing that people need to understand like black comes in all shades <laughs> you know it definitely does it's one of those things that a lot of people tend to forget um I know like my great-great-grandmother she is as pale skin <laughs> um, exactly. over the years um she even she is descent of um England so she has a British accent as well I am not of that color <laughs> but you're so. beautiful though and it doesn't even matter like and you know I saw a post on Facebook the other day where someone made a comment saying that they get annoyed when um people say if they have like a light-skinned child and a dark-skinned child how they say oh this is my chocolate baby my beautiful chocolate baby and how annoying that is but for me when you have a light-skinned child and a dark-skinned child and you see the differences in the way that they're treated because of their skin complexion you feel compelled to uplift them and make them know or help them understand that they're just as beautiful as their light-skinned brother or sister like they're not any less beautiful or attractive because their skin is darker and so it's not a thing where they're pointing out the fact that they're um, a darker skin or that something is wrong with them because of it. It's just uplifting them and helping them understand that that's not a bad thing. And for me, I was treated like I didn't belong in the black community because black people don't look like me. And, and, that, and, and starting from being as young as I was, five years old, that's hard like I'm just now getting into school you know I've been home with my mom you know prior to that and then you go to a big school and you're like oh you know you get to meet friends and stuff and you're not getting picked on by your classmates you're getting picked on by the teachers and I started elementary school in the 80s so I'm pretty sure you know in the 80s that's where there was still like a lot of segregation going on and a lot of that different kind of mindset so it's just one of those things where um we just need to understand and, and just educate each other that your skin doesn't depict who you are it's who you are on the inside and if i say that i'm black by gosh i'm black okay you know <laughs> I'm just definitely and with that being said so some of the I, and i take it you know obviously spankings are looked at now as abuse but you, you discuss in your book some other different types of abuse. Um, expound a little bit on that. Well, um, I did experience other types of abuse. And spanking, I don't think, I don't consider spanking a form of abuse. I consider a form of discipline and, and teaching. And it's all in the manner in which you, you do it. You don't beat a child out of anger and things like that. And I had oftentimes got beat out of anger. Um, I got beat for reasons I didn't understand why I got beat and I was often ridiculed and torn down in my own household I was told that um, I had no common sense 
I was told that, uh, you know, you got to be smart in order to get into beauty pageants. I don't know why people are sending you letters for beauty pageants. Like, you got to be more than just pretty. So basically, I felt like I was just a pretty face with no brains. And, you know, um, and being called names like slut and, you know, just all types and rumors being spread about me that wasn't true. And so I just kind of, you know, distanced myself from that because I, I experienced a lot of verbal abuse. You know, physical abuse is bad, um, but verbal abuse is one of those things that you carry with you everywhere you go. You know, people don't see the physical scars, the scars are on the inside. And for me, I was always really quiet. Um, and I was very self-conscious and I shied away from people because um, I suffered from rejection issues, you know, not being accepted. And I was afraid. I, I remember when I was in like first grade, I used to always, if I saw somebody that I thought was nice and they showed me some attention and I would always ask, can you be my friend? You know, I, and I remember that because, you know, I, and then when we did become friends, I would get scared. Like, are they going to get mad at me and not want to be my friend anymore? Am I going to do something to upset them? So I always worked really hard. Like I was a people pleaser and, um, it was just hard because when I went home, I wasn't accepted. So I wanted to be accepted by someone. And I would go to school and I would ask people, can you be my friend? And it's hard as a kid when you don't feel like you belong and you're like an outcast, you know. Um, and, and so I would say the biggest amount of abuse I experienced outside of the physical was the, the mental, the verbal, the emotional abuse. A lot of that abuse, and, it, and a lot of that abuse, it, it, like you said, it, it's an internal thing. Yeah. A lot of people don't ever see it, and they can't really understand why you may act or react in those ways. And I'm sure it took you to a place that you had to recollect your mindset and, right. and get to a point where you can love yourself again. I know you mentioned that in your book. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got to the point to love yourself once again and show and have that self-love for yourself? Yes, I I had to, um, I started journaling, and when I started journaling, I noticed the pattern of, you know, the relationships I was getting in, and when I looked back and I was like, wow, it looks like I'm going from one abusive, toxic relationship to the next and to the next, and it was because I was looking to be loved in a way that I never got when I was at home, and I was just like a target, so I had to learn how to love myself. And by loving myself, I was able to find out how I'm supposed to be treated. You know, learn how to set boundaries and tell people, you know, if I don't like something, be able to let them know I don't like it. And I mean, if I don't, if you don't love yourself, it's going to be hard for you to know what love truly is supposed to feel like because you're you're willing to accept pretty much anything just to be accepted and for me i don't want to just be accepted i don't just want to belong i want to be loved and i knew the first person i had to love was myself and the minute i started to focus on me it was an adjustment because most a lot of people were used to me just saying yes all the time you know whenever they wanted me to do something even if i really couldn't do it or didn't have the money to do it I wouldn't speak up I would just do it because I wanted to be accepted and it wasn't until I started focusing on me and doing what made me happy that I was like wow 
that sense of satisfaction that I received from doing what made me happy and me alone was what I was like, I like this feeling. And I and I need and I started to tell myself that I don't need anyone to complete me because I'm complete already. I'm a whole person. I'm already complete. I need someone to either add to my happiness, enhance my happiness, or uplift me. I don't need anyone to give me happiness because I, I have that for myself. And once I learned how to do that, things just started to fall into place. I began to create better relationships with people. Um, I started to attract a different type of people because at first I was attracting the negative minded people the toxic people who didn't have anything nice to say but when I changed my mind it's like you you give off this aura when you when you have a certain mindset and that's what happened and I started to attract a different type of people and it it feels amazing and then guess what I met the love of my life you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I never in a million years thought that I could meet someone who would treat me as good as he does because um, coming from my background, it's one of those things where it's like a fairy tale thought. You know, you kind of think like, oh, this is, this is what I would like. This is what I desire. But does it even really exist? You know, mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, everyone has their fairy tale of what they want, but will I ever get it? That's a whole different story. But when I actually saw it and I started to pay attention to patterns and I was just like, okay, with this, this is effortless. Like I don't even have to try to prove myself. Like anytime, one thing I learned is if I have to try to prove my worth to someone, they're not worthy to be with. Because exactly. I, I, my worth is what it is. I'm a very, I'm an amazing person. I'm loving, I'm kind, I'm a giver. And I know this about me. I don't need to prove that. If you don't see that when you're with me, you're not worth being with because clearly you're not paying me any attention because it doesn't take very long to figure out a person for who they are. And I shouldn't have to jump jump through hoops to prove that I'm this amazing person. And that's basically what I started doing is focusing on me and my happiness. And a lot of people may consider it selfish or whatnot, but I don't. I consider it self-love. And you have to learn how to love yourself before you can truly know what love is supposed to feel like. Hold on to your seatbelts because we will be right back. to me that you know this as you stated before the way that you gave this memoir this was a way of freeing yourself and how do you how do you feel since the process of making your memoir um I actually feel a sense of renewed strength because it took so much of it just to write this book and um I feel free you know I feel so free I feel like I can finally be who I was truly destined to be without putting up a facade and putting on a fake smile to make everyone else happy while I'm still hurting on the inside. Like this has been the most freeing year I have ever had. I've made some strides towards growth, but this, I would say this has been the most freeing year. I've accepted that 
those who want to embrace me, I will embrace them back. And those who don't, I can do without them. Because people come and go every day. And even if it's a family member, I've learned that, you know, family is your family because you're born into it. You have absolutely no choice of who you have as family members. But when you really sit and think about it, the relationships that you build with people are people that are like-minded, people who are like you. And those are in turn your actual family because you can talk about things, they encourage you, they uplift you, they make you feel special. And if they, you don't have that in your fa in certain family members, you don't need to have them. And I'm all, I also believe everyone in this world has a cup. You come into the world with the empty cup when you're born. And everybody needs someone to fill that cup up with love. And if that cup is empty for your entire life and you become an adult, you have to learn how to fill your own cup. And I've been told, you you definitely compliment yourself a lot or you are um, you show love yourself. And you know what my answer is? You doggone right. Of course I love myself because if I don't love my, if I sit here and wait for somebody else to compliment me, I'm going to be waiting forever. I need to learn how to speak affirmations into myself. And that is what I did. And when you speak affirmations into yourself, you're not going to be sitting there waiting for somebody else to give it to you. And then you're going to be easily torn down if somebody says something negative. But if I believe that I'm all this and all of that, your negativity is not going to come close to hurting me. So... It's just one of those things, and it's not—it's it, not to say that I'm arrogant, because that is the farthest from the truth. I'm not arrogant at all. It's just I had—I've I, had to oftentimes fill my own cup of love, and now I have others pouring into that cup, and it's—it is very much appreciated. Speaking of, you said affirmations. What are some, I know you mentioned it in your book, what are some of your affirmations that you still abide by or did tell us a little bit that were in your book that you did as you were going and striving through this journey of restoring yourself? Well, some of the affirmations that I still have for myself is that you're going to be successful. I say that to myself all the time. You are going to be successful and you're going to be a billionaire. And then I say, you're talented. All the things that, basically all the things that I told I was not is what I tell myself that I am. You know, you're pretty, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're intelligent. And I do it all the time and it just makes me feel good. And not only do I do that for myself, I speak those same affirmations into my boys because I know that they're gonna be grown up to be men who are, grown, who are supposed to be leaders in this world. And I don't want them going into the world with the empty cup. So I fill their cup as much as possible every day. And I think that is very important. Um, and I mean, even if, <laughs> y'all might laugh at this, but there are times like I work out a lot and I care a lot about my health. And there are times I'll get out the shower and walk by the mirror and be like, oh, girl. It, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, sometimes you gotta do that. You just gotta have fun with it, you know, because I just pride myself on being happy and being upbeat and, you know, just being positive. And if I sense any type of negative energy from anyone, I just kind of like, that's not, that's not what I need in my life. And I distance myself from it. And a lot of people may look at that and call it, oh, you're running from your problems and this and that. But I correct them really quickly and I tell them, no, 
I'm not running from my problems. I'm running towards my destiny, a destiny of happiness, a destiny of success. So you may call it running because you want me to stay there and continue to allow you to leech off of me and, and suck out my energy. But guess what? I'm not going to allow it. I'm going to keep running towards my destiny. And if you consider it running from problems, so be it. We can agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> it definitely is one of those things that you have to continue to keep doing that in your life. As a lot of people think that it's just one of those situations that, oh, you know, you should stay. You know, what What are some advice that you would give to women out there that are in relationships and, and in situations that they they don't know what to do at this point, that they, they're lost? Well, um, I know all too well how that is. And my first recommendation would be to first just write things down, journal. That's the first thing I did. Because if you're anything like I was, I didn't trust talking to anyone. Because I felt like, you know, if I say something, I'm either going to get judged or someone's going to go gossip about me. So I wasn't comfortable opening up and being vulnerable. And shoot, I, I dare not write a book about it. So I would just journal my thoughts and um, keep them in a safe place. Because I remember as a kid, I used to like to journal. And when my privacy was invaded, when I was asked to unlock my journal and have it read my heart was beating so fast out of my chest and that and I think I was like I want to say I was 12 or 13 years old I told myself I would never ever journal another day in my life because my those were my private thoughts and you know when you when you journal you are very intimate because it's yours and you don't anticipate anyone reading it so I, I vowed to never journal again but it wasn't until I started back journaling and I found a safe way to keep my journals to myself where no one could read it and that was in 2016 when I was just like a big emotional wreck and I said I need to write this stuff down so that I can pinpoint what it is what's the disconnect between me and relationships and I'm not just talking about relationships with men I'm talking about relationships in general like if I felt anyone getting close to me I would get nervous and want to run away because I, I was just like you know anticipating the rejection or them not wanting to talk to me anymore or some type of confrontation and I just didn't want to deal with that so I was like oh my gosh they're getting kind of close let me back off so once I figured out what the disconnect was I was able to say okay now I see the disconnect what am I going to do to fix it and then I got you know you get comfortable and if and you hiring a therapist is a great idea as well that's another great step into a right direction i did that also and if you have someone that you trust that is like a strong person like my best friend we've been friends since 12 years old and um <laughs> i told her yesterday when we were talking i said I said, we've been in this marriage thing for like 25 years, girl. <laughs> and I was like, she thought that was hilarious. And I was like, till death do us part. Because she was that tough friend who she was, she lived every moment of what I went through. She saw it and she hated it. And she hated even more that I didn't have the strength to stand up for myself. And I explained to her, I said, listen, I said, I really want to do what you're telling me to do. But being the person in the situation, it's like, yeah, it's easy for you to tell me what I need to do, but where are you going to be when I actually do it, you know? And so just try to find someone that you're confident in. Come up with a plan. 
jot it down like come up with a plan stick to that plan move quickly and get to a safe place i know that some people are in worse situations than others but if you need to get away it is it is so you have to get away i'm gonna tell you something that is in my book um that happened in my life i was two months pregnant with my first son two months pregnant with my first son and i left my husband at two months pregnant i took him to work dropped him off i already had i already had a plan in place he didn't know it but i did and god knew and my next door neighbor knew because <laughs> i had told her and asked her to help me and when i dropped him to work i went to the bank took out some money went back to the house packed my bags and drove 14 hours back home because when i was married i lived in a whole nother state i lived in virginia and i drove 14 hours by myself i could not eat i had people calling me you need to eat you're pregnant you need to eat my mind was on getting out of that place before he got off work and i if i mean it was a hard thing to do i was i was nervous i was scared and thankfully for me he had a 24-hour shift but that's just what i did to get away i mean you whatever situation you're in pay attention to the patterns there is always a way out there is always a way out it's all about planning it's all about um strategy talking to someone that you absolutely trust that will help you when the time comes and that will be on time not five minutes late if i say be here at this time to help me exactly. get out i need you to be there five minutes before time or depending on where the meeting place is because you can show up five minutes late and it could be five minutes too late and homeboy skillet whoever might have caught up with me so like you just it you can do it if i left it two months pregnant and and never look back you can too so that would be my that's the best advice i can give is just find a way to get out journal write it down come up with a strategy a plan and have someone to help you get out and as a disclaimer please remember that shakita is not a professional but she is a personal experience that she has had so she's just giving her examples of what she can do and what you can do, right. what she's done and how you can better enhance your life and be able to get there. We definitely encourage you to go and get that support. Yes. Um, go and get the professionals that are necessary. If you do need to um, get in contact with police, definitely do that as soon as possible. Nobody should be in the cir circumstances right. that they're alone and by themselves. But always make sure you have a support system to be able to help you to get out because you can and get out right well miss shakita i definitely enjoyed this so i know the viewers want to know what's next from here what were you made your first memoir i know there's so much that you have you have your podcast what's gonna happen next well i would really love to be a motivational speaker keynote speaker i just want to you know talk to women all over the world and this isn't even just um I, I, I know I target women, that's my target, but anybody who needs help, women are not the only ones who are abused at all. And I just definitely want to be able to speak life into people, encourage people. I had this bright idea one day, and 
I absolutely have no idea how to start this. But I had this bright idea to have like a nonprofit organization, like a safe haven for women and teenage girls to come to just be able to talk and open up and, and just vent and get these things off your chest because holding this stuff in, it can kill you on the inside. And I have no idea how that's going to happen, but definitely, it's definitely something that I would like to do one day. And I'm also working on my second book called Out of Bounds. Um, and it will be about setting healthy boundaries in your life. And it's going to include some parts that I experienced in this book and show you how by me setting boundaries, I was able to get out of the situations that I was in and how important setting boundaries are. And I just did a... Um, episode on boundaries a couple weeks ago on my podcast so if you missed that one make sure that you tune in on it um so but yes I am working on that book and I pray that it'll be a blessing to someone else because a lot of times we don't realize how tough it is to set boundaries but if we can just understand how important it is to set boundaries and how your life can be that much more stronger and healthier that would be amazing because people, I'm a firm believer in people will treat you the way you allow them. They will push and push and push just as long as you let them. And if they have the personality to keep pushing, they will. I've been there. I know it. And where can they find this information or getting, where can they find this information on things or events that you have coming up? Well, um, I have all of my event. I have my Facebook page, um, Team Sassy Fitness. And I also have Chiquita Nicole Speaks. And that's the page where I will post all of my motivational um, events. I will post my speaking engagements. Anything uplifting, um, inspirational posts will be on that page. You can also purchase my book on that page. And um, if you would like a signed copy of my book, I'll make sure to add the link um, so that everyone can have a copy of that and a signed copy but otherwise it is available on amazon and on my chiquita nicole speaks facebook page so you guys heard that she definitely has this book available i highly 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 suggest for you to go out there now and go and get it read it give it to a friend give it to a co-worker whoever you think that may need it and need that encouragement in their life i know that the link will be posted along with the video and podcast on today but I will definitely I do appreciate it so much Shakita Nicole for you to actually come out and talk about your book restoring her temple reclaiming her name how brokenness turned to glory Shakita has definitely restored her claim and name in her temple yes. all in one <laughs> she is here to start speaking out to others and being able to empower them and motivate them so that they can move forward in their life without having any kind of issues whatsoever. So without further ado, Shakita, I appreciate it so much for this opportunity. And as a part of Shakita Nicole Speaks, definitely go out there and get the book now. And we appreciate it and we'll see you on the next episode. All right, yes, we will. You Until next time, Shakita Nicole Speaks is out.